Welcome to this special edition of Belief Busters, in which we look at the masks and the roles that men have bought into, believing that that's who they must be. I'm hoping by the end of this series, you have given yourself permission to change those beliefs, to challenge those false beliefs and step into the power of who you are truly meant to be. So the next question is, what do you believe about the whole masculine energy today? I mean, do you have a belief around, you know, being a guy or being a non-binary person or uh, what is a stand-up guy? I mean, what are your beliefs around that? I think there's a, um, a difference between the masculine and feminine energy. Um, I, I don't think they can be melt. I don't think they can be uh, absorbed into one unit. But for me, I'm really trying to embrace both sides because I believe both are necessary. Um, and so my role models used to be completely masculine energy for a man and completely feminine for a woman. And for me, I'm trying to walk in the world as a non-binary energy um, in the sense of I'm trying to, when I know that I need the masculine side, I'll bring that energy forward. When I need the feminine side, I'll bring that energy forward. And so I'm trying to navigate this world as both. So that's that's from my side what I'm trying to do right now. Okay, thanks. Di? Well, it's... Again, using the filters of my children, and I should say the little people now, 15 and 17, they're like, I gotta remind myself they're not really kids anymore. They're like little people. Uh, my eldest just got her first job. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like the end of the world. Uh, but I, I, I'm always asking myself, like, am I just being a good person? You know, I, I, and as much as I, I like to think, okay, am I being a, a great man? Am I being a good father? And very, male terminology um i i realize i do a lot of things that probably are seen as very masculine you know i i'm someone that's been very involved in the crossfit community for about 12 13 years you know and it's got its own issues and i stepped away from that space a, a while ago but it, it was something i loved the weight training i loved the way my body felt to, to do that style of training and, and it does attract a lot of uh, males and females, you know, and and yet I know there's certain things that I like to do that have been traditionally seen as very masculine. Um, but there's also a lot of things that I like to do. Like, I love to read. I love poetry. You know, I love to go to the theater. And, uh, you know, these other things that sometimes can be seen as more of a, a feminine energy. And and, and so I never really got into this whole energy thing. And living in uh, Bali, I'll tell you, there's a very much a mecca of this conversation because you know the yoga influence it's uh eat pray love you know like this this whole sort of idea ideology that's associated with the energy of that island and i met a lot of people that very much are talking uh, using this type of terminology and, and i just I've, I've really struggled to to connect with it and and i think that's just on me because uh, i i just look at me being me and I, I want to be a good father to my kids, but that's who I am. Um, 
I look at what my father did really, really well, and I want to be able to do that as well. But I also know things where I know he, if he was given the opportunity to go back and do things differently, I bet you he would, you know, and, and I'm trying to be very much aware of that and my choices and how I show up, especially for those that are around me observing. And, and that's really the role modeling and, and the mentorship aspect of how I try to see myself. So I, I wish I could add more to this idea of the, the, the masculine and the feminine or, or the, the, the binary aspect. But for me, I, I feel like I don't know enough to really have a very cohesive conversation on that, only because I'm just being me. And I encourage everybody else, just be you, but be a good person, you know? And I'm trying to raise some global citizens, you know, very responsible, kind, people that are considerate and uh so whether that's labeled masculine or labeled feminine i, I just i kind of want to remove the labels you know Sally, that's that's yeah. brilliant because it mm -hmm. it really is about not putting the labels on ourselves you mm -hmm. know it's we live in a culture that is mandated by labels you know are mm -hmm. you a black woman are mm -hmm. you a cis male white male are you are you gay? Are you straight? Are you, you know, whatever. So what I love about what you said is that you don't know about the energy and it, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Hear that. It's a good thing because you're saying, I am looking at how do I walk authentically and with integrity in the world? How do I be the best me whatever that is, that I can possibly be as a role model for my girls, for the people in, that, you know, I'm surrounded by. How do I step into my own power? And when I look in the mirror, I'm pleased by who shows up there. Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's what this is about. That's what this whole belief process is about. It's, it's like really deconstructing the labels and the minutia that, you know, our culture tries to um, identify us as, you know, stripping that all away and going, this is me. And I am pleased with who I am in the world and what I bring to the table. So I think, yay, celebrate, baby. You know? <laughs> Ooh, exactly. <laughs> well, thank exactly. you. I, I love that how you put that into uh, it makes me feel a lot better. Uh, also feels like I took some pressure off <laughs> uh, because I, I have struggled with it. You know, just even carrying a conversation because it, it would come up often. You know, I coach and I mentor a lot of people and uh, both in business, but also in life. And, and sometimes the conversation that, they want to take it a certain place. And I always feel like I, I don't really know what to say. You know, I'm just like, you know, and, and, and I don't want to be pegged. I know what it's like to live with a label on you. And uh, as I'm sure all of us are, are familiar with, you know, and uh, I, I don't enjoy that. You know, I, I just want to be die. <laughs> you know? Can I just be me? Can I be unique that way? Because I like to believe I'm unique. Uh, maybe that's just ego playing in, but I think we're all unique, you know, in our own ways. So can't we just be who we are? You know, but uh, anyways, Sorry, I start to ramble. No, you're fine. Jay, come up to the table, baby. Yeah, I love, uh, Di, I love what you said, and um, I really appreciate it. As someone who is constantly doing everything I can to disrupt the binary, not always, but for certainly since I've been on testosterone, one of the things that my wife Jessica and I experience often are people trying to do their best to put us in those boxes um, as binary. And just, you know, conversations that you hear 
around like, well, you know, it's a woman thing or that's because girls are like that or women are like that or guys are like that or things like that has always just been irritating to me. <laughs> it's just been like a conversation that's completely irritating to me. Um, having gone on testosterone and then gone off of testosterone, um, I know full well or I, ha I have a knowing that there is a chemical piece to you know, testosterone does a thing, right? and that thing that it does, the thing that it does is not as big as everyone would like to believe that the thing that it does. <laughs> so it's not that big, um, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, you know, make you into a macho man. And um, so it does have you think about sex a lot. <laughs> so that's, you know, something that is very real. Like that's a truth. That's I can I tell you that that's the truth, and when you go off of testosterone, you don't right. It's just the different. It's just a different world. So um, yeah, I really like to stay out of the world of masculine and feminine energy and just come from a perspective of being and how am I going to be in the world and how do I want to be in the world. Um, in my show, what I talk about, what I really believe more than anything else, is that gender is nothing other than classic training and expected behavior. And it's the expected behavior that often, you know, we see men doing a particular behavior or women doing a particular behavior that is expected. And sometimes when they, we do things that are unexpected, that's when, you know, society tells us we're not okay. And so, um, you know, and it's e interesting because even having been uh, in this conversation for as long as I have, I still have, because it's thought patterns, right, that you're trained into. My wife, for example, Oh, last year decided that she wanted to buy an electric lawnmower and that she was going to mow the lawn. Now, I am of the mind that we pay somebody else to mow the lawn because I make more money than he does mowing the lawn, right? The guy that I pay. So I don't want to mow the lawn. <laughs> and I don't like to do that. And so she was like, I'm going to buy this more. I'm like, okay, then you get to mow the lawn. Like, you know, that's your thing. And so I still, though, you know, when she's out mowing the lawn, oftentimes they have this little conversation with me around what are the neighbors thinking? Because I'm not the one out there mowing the lawn, right? So, <laughs> that's how insidious this stuff is, right? I mean, that's how, and I'm like, who cares if I'm not mowing the lawn? Like, nobody cares. She's way more handy than I am, you know? Um, so it's just interesting how, how, and how much it creeps into us, though. You know what I mean? It's like, not just we can be aware of it and conscious of it it's still it's all that classic training and indoctrinization so much so i mean in, in my show i talk about a lot about this and i can talk about it at the end but you know i call my show the gender reveal party because it's a big thing today to have what i call genital reveal parties because when an, a woman is pregnant they have these parties where they reveal the gender supposedly you know, of this child, which is not revealing the gender, they're revealing the child's genitals. So we're going to a party. I mean, I want you to think about this is a social phenomenon in America where we get dressed up to go to parties to hear about the genitals of an unborn child. Now to me, that's a little weird. <laughs> like, I mean, are we, is that what's happening <laughs> that is exactly what's happening and that is hilarious i just got in that is so funny i've never thought about it that way but it's so true and we do it up here in canada too just an fyi okay good <laughs> see it's everywhere and from the moment we distinguish the genitals of that child we start to treat it a different way yes 
I guarantee you that the second you decide that that child is a vulva, she's a little princess, right? Or the minute that we discover his penis, he's such a big little man, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and <laughs> the truth is your genitals have nothing to do with your gender. And so I try to, you know, stay out of that world of the binary because I feel like it really, for you cishet people, it really puts you in a box. <laughs> like it really does. And especially for guys, I really think it puts men in such a box, you know, like, you know, you just cannot display anything feminine or you will get violence. I mean, that's why trans women are such a target, right? Because they fly in the face of who they're supposed to be. And then you add a black trans woman to that. And that's why there's an epidemic of black trans women being murdered at least twice a month in America. So it's that kind of world that I just, whew, boy, it'd be awesome if we were all fluid. <laughs> Fluidity was celebrated. That's what I, that's my goal is to get to the point where we don't have gender reveal parties because we're just as happy to have any kind of baby, even if it's one of the 1.7% of the population that's born intersexed, right? So mm -hmm. could we celebrate that little lavender baby as much as we do the blue and pink babies? That's my goal. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. What suggestions do you have to help men let go of the mask, let go of um, the beliefs that no longer really serve them, don't work for them, it's a hindrance? Suggestions? Well, I think men's groups are good. I don't like to go to men's groups because I don't identify as a man, but I like that men are doing them. Um, and I also think that this is, you mentioned generationally, and I do believe that it's getting better generationally. I have a like a story about that, for example. I have a nephew who would be a millennial, and his dad is just a few years older than me, so he's a boomer, but he's like at the end of boomer. Because I'm 66, boomers end at 64, right? Right. So he's five years older than me, so he's like tail end of boomer. So when this kid told me the story, I couldn't believe it, but now it makes perfect sense to me, right? So when this my nephew, great nephew, has his first baby, his dad tells him, when that baby cries, don't get up. Ooh. Don't get up. She'll get up. Don't worry. She'll get up. Don't you get up. Because the minute you get up, she's going to expect you to get up every time. So don't get up. Because she'll get up. Right? Now, this 30-something great nephew of mine was like, Dad, you know, hose off. <laughs> I mean, of course I'm going to get up. That's my child. Right? So that's, a, that's 20 years right there. Right? 20 years of a difference in guys who are who want to be part of their children's lives and raise them versus I'm not going to get up because I can get out of doing work. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a different dynamic. So I really have a lot of faith in the zoomer young men that are coming up. The Gen Z, I guess we call them zoomers. Your kids die um, would be and my kids who are 10 years old. I have a lot of faith in that, that we're shifting. I mean, I tease about this, but it's true. So we talk about the generation ahead of the boomers, which is the greatest generation in the world. They fought at the Battle of the Bulge, but they can't make their own sandwich. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I mean, if the women aren't there feeding them, they die. <laughs> they don't know what to do with themselves, right? And we don't, that's just doesn't fly anymore. I mean, because of the, generationally, the Zoomers are not going to be guys like that. Like, they're just not, they don't want to be. So I have a lot of faith as the generations are going on that generationally this is going to shift a lot. And for the folks that are here now in Boomer land, in Gen X land, what do we do with them? How do we help them? 
Yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still with you. Well, I think that we got to keep doing things like this and keep having these conversations. And we are. I mean, first of all, I mean, before anything else, I think right now, thank God, let's just affirm that Black Lives Matter and we're finally starting to have some white people wake up and do some anti-racist work. White supremacy is like a dripping over, ev it's like a glaze, right? A white glaze over everything. So I personally feel like we need to deal with that first and foremost. And inside of that, there's all kinds of gender constructs that are going on. But I think that by having these kind of forums, by continuing to have men's groups, by talk, mentoring other men like you guys, mentoring young men, I mean, all of those things are the things that are going to shift all this. And I think they're doing it. We're doing it. We're tipping the, the tipping point is coming. I think. I don't think it's here yet, but I think it's coming. Thank you. Di, suggestions? Yeah, I like to invite men to just go first. It's the one thing I've noticed. A lot of guys come to, and we used to laugh, me and my friend Nick, Nick Wood, he still lives in Bali. He's been there for a long time, but he's also a Canadian. And I don't know why Canadians seem to flock to Bali. I think it's the cold. We're just avoiding the cold. But <laughs> regardless, <laughs> Nick's does a lot of men's work. And so I leaned on him and he would drive 40 minutes every Monday night to come and be there. And so we co-facilitate these, these gatherings and, and really just hold space for it. But what we started to notice right, right early on is you'd get a lot of people coming and a lot of men uh, wanting, you can tell they want to connect with these other men. They, they have something heavy that's on their, their mind or on their shoulders, like in their heart. And they just want to be able to have somewhere where they can share it. And some of them were sharing stories and things very personal that have never, they've never said to another man. So it was really interesting that them recognizing they have this want, but they didn't feel that they ever had an outlet for it or a place to feel safe enough to be able to do it without fear of judgment, uh, without fear of that being used against them. It's just really interesting. But yet, as much as they're showing up, <laughs> they would sit there and sort of look around the space <laughs> and be like, okay, I'm here. I don't know if this is meant for me. You could tell that people are, there's something there. They just want to share something. They just want to get this off their chest. They want to connect. They want to feel connected and understood and heard. Mm -hmm. But first you. <laughs> you know? So what I wouldn't really invite people to, especially men that are feeling this way, you know, it's just, just, just go first. Go first, because I think that is that trickle over effect, that that ability to role model this this attitude, this choice, this this lifestyle, if you will, of just like, you know what, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. Sure, I've done things that I'm, I'm not proud of, but that doesn't define me. There are, I've learned from it. I, I'm growing because of it. Uh, but I'm also here to share these experiences in, in, in hopes that it helps others as well. And, and so my invitation to other men is no matter the age, it's just, just, just go first, you know, don't worry about it so much, you know, don't take yourself so seriously and, and, and start to, to do away with some of these stereotypes or cliches and uh, yeah. these belief systems, but, but it does take someone to go first. Someone's got to go first at some point, you know, who was it or who will it be? And, and I invite people just be that person. You know, just go first. And uh, so I, I've really tried to adopt that over the last couple of years. I'm trying to go first when I need to, just to show others the way yeah. and in hopes that they too will then adopt that same thing when they're in a situation and they see other guys that are wanting, you know, they can tell 
the, they'll go first. And, and so, because all of a sudden, if we get to that place, I mean, it could be really wonderful, you know? And, and so to echo what Jay was saying, you know, yeah, these types of conversations, what we're talking about right now, the more these happen, the, the, the more people will be impacted and, and this conversation will become very front of mind. And I think that's what we're noticing right now globally with some of the issues that are coming to the forefront. You know, I, I love social media for this aspect. You know, it's the pros and the cons to it. But I do like a lot of the, the conversations that are being started. Some of the, oh my gosh, like some of the wrongdoings that are happening are now being caught and they are being exploited and being shown and, and there's no fighting it. There's no arguing it. It's like, hello. And, mm -hmm. and so the, these conversations are important. And uh, I just want to be active, actively engaged in those conversations, uh, especially knowing the world I want my kids to grow up in. I sure hope it's a better place than was when I was growing up, you know, and I think we all want that for the next generation and the generation after that and generation after that. So we won't talk environment today, but that's another conversation entirely. But regardless, that that's sort of um, my thoughts on that anyways. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Yeah. Graham? I think for me, the the easy answer is to say, surround yourself with people who are willing to be vulnerable, um, especially if they're of the, of the male persuasion, because that way it'll invite you to open up as well. And I liked what Di was saying about go first. Um, but if, if one of your friends goes first, then I think for me, it's mirror it back and take it, try and take it to the next level. Um, for instance, I had a friend of mine, a male friend of mine, tell me he loved me. And he had to repeat it over the end of several phone calls before I finally got it and before I returned the favor. Um, and so it was, it was very interesting. It was like, I had to internalize it. Well, okay, what does that mean? Um, I would say it to my siblings okay and then i also what difference does it make so i i had to unpack society's preconceptions of you can't say you if you if you tell a man you love them then therefore there must be a relationship there rather than a rather than a friendship um so yeah i i, I think it's as people become vulnerable with you mirror it back and reciprocate it and you'll get a really good relationship out of it yeah, thanks. You know, part of, of the work that we're doing here together, which I, I love all that you've brought to the table, is bringing it to the surface. You know, sometimes we think that all of this crazy stuff that's going on is just within our own one head. Like no one else is experiencing the crazy that's going on here. And what I love about these conversations is we're, we're really pulling back the curtain, you know, and taking the layers off and saying, we all have the crazy going on in our head, you know, and let me tell you where the crazy comes from. You know, it comes from our family of origin who were doing the best that they could to help us navigate our culture and our world, right? And we now have the opportunity to go, oh, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Everyone has some aspect of these false beliefs permeating our consciousness. And so, you know, my suggestion is to first acknowledge that the craziness or whatever you think is going on, you're not alone. You know, that is the first step. And, and find your people, 
find your people that allow you to be who you are. Um, there are lots of things now going on. Um, men's group, the Mankind Project has like amazing circles and, and things that they do to help you facilitate. Sometimes you'll need a therapist. I mean, when I started my own journey with looking at my false beliefs, you know, I had to look at, well, I, I needed some outside help in figuring it out. And so there's no shame in that either. You know, it's part of get the tools, get the people that you need to support you and giving you permission to say, yeah, I can shift this. Yeah, this isn't working for me right now. How do I create something that really makes me happy inside that I feel fulfilled on the inside? So I'm really grateful to all of you for this conversation. Yes, Jay. Yeah, I was just going to, I wanted to add to that, um, mm -hmm. to what we can do, or, or one of my requests of men would be, first of all, there's a couple of things. I think everybody, I'm 54, so it depends on how old you are, but I think everybody needs a 26-year-old mentor right now. Like we just, there's so much happening so fast. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with the language. It's hard to keep up with, you know, everything they're doing and that kind of stuff. So I think everybody needs a young mentor. Um, but the other reason for that and the other thing that I think it's important to find a lens for is to be able to continually unpack the things that we swim in. And sexism, sexism is one of those things. And having been someone who all of a sudden got white male privilege overnight, believe me, um, it's out there right? and we're swimming in it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think that's important to note is that white straight men do still have all the power. And so... I think it's really important that men, white, straight men, cisgender men, really start to acknowledge that and what those behaviors are that are systemic that we swim in, like the interrupting of women, like being able to real be a leader in reeling in some of those kinds of uh, systemic sexism things that we swim in. Like I said, I think the younger generation can be sometimes more co conscious that they're happening because we've been swimming in them for so long that they'll even, you know, they'll swim right past. Right, we don't even know it's happening. <laughs> you don't even realize that you've just interrupted her three times or, you know, like we're all unconscious of our own behavior to whatever degree we are. And so part of it is, being willing to consistently confront ourselves with what is the behavior that it, that I, who do I want to be in the world? And what are some of the things I want to be conscious of not to do anymore or to start to shift and change? They've just been handed to me for the privilege that I get by showing up as a white guy. I call myself an undercover white guy. So um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's true. That's so good. All right. And lastly, so what's one thing you want them to take away from our conversation today? Because we've had a lot of we've had a lot of information, a lot of insights. What do you want them to really hold on to and walk away with from this conversation? Well, take yes, action. I. Go do something. You Go know, if there's something that's not sitting right, ask yourself why. You know, I, I know at every time when I've had to go through some major change, I got to a point where I realized, you know, there's like very clear fork in the road. You know, I could keep going down this path or I can veer a different direction. And I know there's a lot of fear with change, right? There's a lot of uncertainty and we're, we're fearful of uncertainty. But if you really ask yourself and, and sit with it, it's like, am I more 
fearful of the change itself or I'm more afraid of actually staying the path and continuing to feel the way that I feel. And I think if you really sit with that for a second and you ask yourself that question, and, and I mean really give yourself some time to think on that, I think you realize pretty quickly that the life of living that change that you want to make is going to be far greater than living the life that you're living right now because of the pain that it may be creating, the uncertainty it's creating. You know, like I just remember emotionally how I felt. You know, depressed, withdrawn, disconnected, uh, just just a lot of emotions I was carrying around. It, it really crippling me, you know, in, in advancing just as a human being and, and limiting how I could connect with people. So if those that are listening to this, you know, or watching this, like if you're there right now, well, you know, you can choose to not be there <laughs> and, and realize doing that on your own, I understand it can be very intimidating. And just to echo what I think we've all said in different ways today is you don't have to be alone in this journey. You know, what's the African proverb? You know, you, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. And there's a lot of people going far. So go lock on our, arm in arm and, and go. And, and so find that support, find that community, find that tribe and, and just start to thrive there, you know, and you don't need to know all the answers but it helps to know which questions to ask. And uh, the first one being is, okay, what's gonna make me happy? And, and and then start to have that dialogue, you know? So yeah, that's it. Thanks, Don. Mm -hmm. Jay, my darling. Well, if I could leave them with anything, um, it would be that your genitals have nothing to do with your gender. And that uh, I would really invite you to consider how many things you do in your life based on your expected behavior and classic training. So how you dress, what makeup you put on your face, whether you paint your nails or not, like the things you do, the way you speak, the way you move, all of that has been, for the most part, handed to you with a script for all of your life. And so I just really like to invite people to just for themselves, think about what's possible or what kind of freedom they could have if they didn't have anybody dictating to them their gender based on their genitals. And there's a lot of freedom in that and a lot that I think is possible and that could be magnificent if we could all get that your gender and your genitals just really have nothing to do with one another. Yeah, thank you. Graham? Um, I'd like to echo both Di and Jay. And I would say, give yourself permission to be, um, to be exactly who you are and that may mean that you have to give yourself a new persona or a, a new name, so to speak. Um, after all, your your last name was given through your father's side quite often, and your first name was given by your parents. Your DNA was given by previous generations. And now's the time to give yourself a new name, give yourself a new persona and to step into um, who you are. And I could repeat that and just say me because that's for me also. I need to give myself a new persona. I need to give myself a new name um, that is a mix of everything that's gone on before, but it's something that I decide how I want to be in the world. You're talking about creating, creating yes. anew. Uh, I love that. All right, so who are you? What you doing? How do people get in contact with you? Di, why don't you start off on that one? Well. Fortunately, you know, just to piggyback the name thing, uh, I got a pretty unique name, uh, which is, 
you know, when Google came about, and I am older than Google, as I tell my kids. <laughs> yes, I've, I've also used to go to the library. <laughs> you know, like, library, what are you doing? Anyways, long and short, uh, as soon as Google came around and this thing called search engine optimization, <laughs> I realized having a unique, unique name is pretty cool. Uh, so I'm really actually probably one of the most accessible individuals you'll meet because if you look on any social platform and you type my name in, you'll find me. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram, uh, like the majority of people. Uh, so I always say, reach out to me there and just say, hey, how you doing? Heard you on that show. Like, just start the conversation. I, I love connecting with people. I, I, you know, we're all just people trying to do the best that we can. And, and it's nice to know that there's other people out there with similar mindsets and, and, and willingness to just have that conversation. So I like to invite people to reach out to me on any of the social platforms. Uh, if you're looking for lifestyle enhancing information, uh, I have a blog that I've been doing for over 10 years, but 1500 articles on it, all based on just helping you get more out of life. And uh, so lots of free resources there. Uh, I even give away my book. Um, my publisher hates it. Uh, obviously, I don't give away printed copies. You can go to the bookstores if you want that. But if you're wanting the digital, as well as the online program and private community, it's all free. I, again, I don't like dollars and cents to get in the way from people, just getting more out of life. So I, it's all accessible right from my website, diamondwell.com. And uh, I just like connecting with people you know, in any sort of fashion. And uh, I'll leave it at that because I got a lot of stuff out there. I do a lot of different things. Uh, basically, I just wherever my heart's pulling me, that's where I go. <laughs> I sort of figure it out as I go. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to having a conversation with everybody or, or at least picking up the conversation where we left off today. So yeah, Beautiful. that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being a guest here and what you brought to this conversation. I thought this was actually one of the most enlightening conversations I think I've had in the last five years. Just so thank you to to, to everybody here. And uh, I, I've just, I've learned a lot just by being here. And uh, I'm really excited to also share this with a lot of individuals because I think a lot of what we talked about today, people have to hear this stuff. Yes. They have to, they have to, yeah. you know, and I hate saying have to, cause I like to believe we choose to, but, but I feel like I'm gonna have to set people down and say, you know, strap them in, you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I'm really uh, very <laughs> impassioned by this. Like, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is the conversations that people have to hear. So uh, anyways, I'm very honored and, and, and appreciative and very grateful to have spent the, the better part of this last hour with uh, all three of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Di. Jay? Yeah, thanks, Di. I appreciate. I really appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, my name is Jay Pryor, and you can find me at jpryorconsulting.com. And if you'd like my book, my book is called Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power. Um, uh, you can go to my website, act like you're going to buy the book, and then uh, before you pay, put in free audiobook as a coupon, and it'll go to zero, and you can download my the audio version of my book, uh, which is in my voice. And I did a couple hour, a couple of years after the book, so I feel like it's a little bit more up to date than the actual book. And then the other place to find me is thegenderrevealparty.com. And I do have my show up there. I think it's like 10 bucks to rent it for 48 hours. I like to tell people that I'm pretty sure it's better than Tiger King. Um, and uh, <laughs> you'll learn a lot more. You'll learn a lot. <laughs> um, uh, all the things that we talked about today are in my one human show. Um, we're done with a lot of humor and a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of uh, poignancy too, I hope, and a lot of learning. So, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I am the, not the Jay Pryor, that's the DJ, uh, because he's more hip than I am, but uh, I think I'm the second one in line <laughs> when you Google me. So I'd love to keep up this conversation all the time. It's uh, always fun to talk about uh, gender.
and gender non-conforming things. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. Really appreciate you as well. Graham? Um, yeah, if you want to contact me, you can send a, an email to the podcast, uh, info at beliefbusterspodcaster.org. Okay. Um, and for our listeners, I really hope that what you heard today touches you in a new way, that you allow yourself to be vulnerable, that you give yourself the gift of knowing you're not alone, and that you allow yourself to be, to be the amazing light that you were born to be. And so our gift is simply to provide some tools that you can, can use to shift and to find those connections that are so important in holding us and supporting us on this journey. Peace out. See you next time on Belief Busters. Yay! This was so good. So good. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Belief Busters. I hope this episode gives you permission to change your beliefs about yourself, about the world, and others. You can reach me at beliefbusterspodcast.org. Also, I've written a book, Turning Your Why Into Why Not, which gives you practical steps and solutions, looking at your belief systems, to honoring them, and those that no longer serve you, giving you ways in creating new ones, allowing you to thrive. See you on the flip side.